seeing things. I am seeing the storms. I'm seeing the waves and that I really don't know where to go. And it's really not a bad place to be, in all honesty, to be out on the water trusting where Jesus may lead us. And I just want to look this morning, just review Matthew 14, starting in verse 28, going through verse 31 or 30. It says, Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. In verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught hold of him and said, you a little faith, why did you doubt? Now, you know, as we come through a year like 2016, and, you know, 2016 was a great year in a lot of ways, but there was also a lot of difficulties. There was also a lot of challenges. And maybe you can say that with every year. But I'm glad 2016 is over for a number of reasons, and, and I'm looking to this new year. And I, and I think we get to a new year, and there's a lot of freshness in that. We're like, man, we're so excited, and we're almost like Peter getting out of the boat. We jump out in the water, and we're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the gym, and I'm going to you know, not eat these certain things anymore. I'm going to cut out TV or video games, and I'm going to you know, get up at 4 in the morning and read my word for three hours and, and you know, grow a long beard so I can be extra holy or something. We say all these things, but then the reality kind of sets in. And we begin to look at the winds and, and the waves and the different things. And we sometimes lose our focus upon the Lord. We lose what the Lord wants to do through us. And so, you know, with Peter, you know, as Peter's walking out on the water, he's doing the impossible. He's defying gravity, the impossible. I don't know anyone else who's ever walked on water. He's overcoming his limitations. He's overcoming his fears. He's overcoming even the maybe the self-imposed identity issues that he has or the, or the insecurities that he has of being a lower-class citizen, of being a fisherman. But he's walking on the water as he's focused upon Christ and as he's full of faith. And God's doing something amazing. But then he begins to look at reality. And I think sometimes we are in a similar place where we are full of faith, where it's coming into a new year, where it's coming into a new week or a new month or a new season. We're full of faith and we, and we feel invincible because the Lord is strengthening us. But then the reality sets in and we begin to look around and we say, man, these waves are too big or the wind's too much. The, the challenge is too much. The resistance is too much. And there's always going to be a challenge. There's always going to be resistance. If it's worth fighting for, the enemy's going to fight against us. And he wants us to continue to push. And, and as we begin this new year, I want us just to be reminded what God has started, he will bring to completion. What God has started, he is going to bring to completion in your life, in my life, in all of our lives. And I'm excited about that. You know, sometimes reality tries to take the wind out of our sails. We, we feel overwhelmed with life. We, we, look at, we look at social media many times and we say, man, that person's got a perfect life. And we forget it's just a glimpse, a millisecond of their life. And it's, and it's well, if it's Instagram, maybe it's filtered to make it look that much better. And then you start to feel like, well, I'm not a perfect person. And, and, you know, there's a lot that goes in that. We begin to feel overwhelmed with life, just keeping our head above the water. How do I work? How do I keep the house clean? How do I pay the bills? Sometimes we feel lost. Sometimes there's relationship difficulties. 
There's news of, of things happening around us in people's lives that you want to be excited about, but yet it's hard for you to be excited about it because there's something inside of you of a, of a lost dream or a lost purpose or it feels that way. We look around and say, man, I'm serving. I'm doing this, this, and this for the Lord. No one's recognizing it. Or maybe even maybe you feel like the Lord's not even recognizing it because the blessing that you thought would be there as, as maybe you were taught is not there. And you're saying, Lord, is it even worth it? And the wind kind of gets knocked out of our cell. We're like Peter, and we begin to sink in our faith. And Jesus is reaching out to say, look, I want to lift you up. I want to lift you back up. And as we come into this, this new year, I want to remind us that we have all chosen to live differently. We've all chosen not to look at the wind and the waves and, and the reality that's around us, but to look through eyes of faith at God who does the impossible, who took Peter out upon the water, who defied gravity, who def and Peter himself defying his limitations, not in his own strength, but because he was strengthened by God to overcome his limitations, to overcome his fears. We need to be reminded that when we look through our eyes, through our senses, through, through logic and reason many times, what we see is not the reality that God sees. We need to focus upon him. We need to have a faith upon him and in him to step out of the boat and go where he may lead us. I was listening to, to a song that reminded me of another song that reminded me of another song. I don't know how I got to that necessarily. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and I wrote this down last night, so give me a second to get to it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Talks about the reality of the life that we live in. That, and the song that we're a vapor, in some ways, echoes this. But Paul says to the Corinthians, Therefore, we do not give up. Listen to those words. Therefore, we do not give up because even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. This is Paul writing, not because these words sound good, not because he hasn't suffered. And he says, our momentary light affliction is nothing for the eternal glory, the, the incomparable eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, so we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. The things that we've gone through this past year, the goods sometimes get lost in the challenges and the trials and the difficulties. But those financial difficulties, those relational difficulties, or those dreams and purposes, those, those prayers that weren't answered in the way that you want them to be answered, whatever it may be, doesn't mean it's been lost. Doesn't mean it wasn't for a reason. Doesn't mean that God didn't hear you. Doesn't mean God's not going to take you through something. Doesn't mean that those challenges of a relationship, God's not going to restore. Doesn't mean that we focus upon those things because they're momentary and their light in comparison to eternity, in comparison to what God is doing. And I feel as a church, 
2016, for, for our, not corporately as a church, but within the church, a number of us, we've gone through some things here and there that have been difficult, things that we didn't set out for. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Mary and Joseph. It, the way it played out for them was not their game plan. And it wasn't our game plan for 2016 to deal with some of the things or to struggle with some of the things, but the Lord was in it. And I want to encourage you, though, that the Lord is in it, but also to let him breathe life back into you as we come into this new year. You know, 2017, I believe, is a year of victory. You know, Kristen, 2015, she told me what 15 was a couple, couple years ago, I guess that was. And I asked her a few weeks ago, I said, what does 17 mean? And she said, victory, complete victory. And I thought, man, that is so amazing that 2017 is a year of victory for us individually and us as a church. Complete victory. The definition of victory means the act of defeating an opponent or an enemy. It's an act of overcoming a challenge or an obstacle. And I think when you look at the Old Testament, almost every writer has a theme of victory within what they're writing. And not victory in personal strength, but victory that the Lord is working through a person and that the Lord will carry through until the victory is complete and will carry it on beyond that. And for us, the victory, I believe, is there for us this year. I want us to declare that 2017 is a year of victory Victory over whatever you're believing in your life. Victory over your physical um, condition or physical struggles or over your finances or over your emotional well-being or over that lost dream or that purpose that has kind of been broken or that dream that's been broken or whatever it may be, a relationship, someone you've been praying for for years and you're saying, man, it's just not working. But this year, I believe, is a year of victory. And I'm not one to, to sit and, and just or stand and just throw out a bunch of hot air and try to, try to get us all hyped up in some ways. But I believe this with the bottom of my heart. And I just want to share a couple things here that I also believe encourage us. Because if it's going to be a year of victory, I think there's some things that we have to embrace. And the Lord has been speaking to us the last few weeks, the last few months in terms of these things as well. Maybe the last few years. But three things that I believe are important for us that we must embrace. One is surrender. Two is praise. Three is speaking or proclaiming. This is what's going to bring about the victory, in my opinion. I want us to look at Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. This is the first battle of Israel as they're preparing to come into the promised land. So they go out and they fight. And in verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, Select some men for us and go and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the mountain. While Moses held up his hands, or his hand, Israel prevailed, but whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put, put it under him, and he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. Surrender. You know, the, the universal sign, putting up your hands, 
is, is, is a sign of surrender. I give up. I surrender. I'm, there's no harm here. And see, Moses was standing on top of the mountain with his hands up in, in, a, in a posture of surrender and a posture of praise. And I'll talk about praise in a second. But he was there surrendering, basically, saying, I can't do it. I will lift my hands to the Lord. I will surrender to the Lord because the victory comes through him and not through me. It doesn't come through Joshua and the men out on the field. It comes through the Lord and the strengthening that the Lord gives to each and every of our warriors. In the same way as we surrender and we lift our hands fully and completely to the Lord and we say, Lord, here I am. Use me, Lord, here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's my soul. Here's my strength. Here's everything. I surrender it to you. Victory comes forth. And this is nothing new to us as a church. This theme has been present for years. Lordship, being under the lordship of Christ. But I still believe there's areas in all of our lives that are not fully submitted to the Lord. And I think the Lord is saying, let me examine those areas with you. And let me gently pull some of those things out and put in areas of surrender. Because victory comes when there's full and complete surrender. This story goes on. Verse 14, it says, The Lord then said to Moses, Write this down on a scroll as a reminder and recite it to Joshua. I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Verse 15. Actually, let me say something before we get to verse 15. Surrender also must happen in community. Because I can surrender myself, but the enemy can come and convince me not to surrender. But when I begin to tell my brothers or sisters, look, I'm surrendering this area of my life. I'm surrendering this part of my life. There's an accountability that comes. Not an accountability that some of us may be scared of. An accountability of support and encouragement and love. Of saying, you can do it. You see Aaron and her when Moses' arms begin to get tired because surrender's hard. Surrender, it takes effort. It takes strength. It doesn't happen overnight. Moses' hands begin to grow weary, and that's what we've been talking about, this, the idea of growing weary at times. Who's going to hold our hands up? Aaron and Hur came, and they held up the hands. First, they put stones under, and then they held up the hands of Moses, and the victory came in community together. And for us, victory must come in community together. The things that, that we, may, we, may, we may have difficulty surrendering Sometimes there's certain dreams that God's given us or we think God's given us, but they're our own dreams. And it's hard for us to surrender. We need someone to come along beside us and say, look, maybe God's got something a little bit different. Maybe God's got something a little bit greater. Or maybe there's something even physically that, that we just can't see. There's a blind spot and someone comes. Or there's a time when we just feel, look, I just want to give up. I just want to throw the flag in. I don't want to walk this out anymore. And someone walks beside us and says, no, you can do it. We will fight together and push on to the prize, to the place where God has us. Community happens, or surrender happens in, in community as much as it does individually. Verse 15, and Moses built an altar and he named it, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi is, is, is what you may hear in the Hebrew. The Lord is my banner. And this is the part of praise. Yes, Moses is praising when he has his hands up and, and, and there's victory. But he says after the victory, the Lord is my banner. He is the one that I'm going to praise. And when you carry a banner or a flag, you're saying I have allegiance to that. When you carry a flag in, in a parade or whatever, you're saying that my allegiance is to that. And what Moses is saying is my allegiance is to the Lord, my banner is the Lord, or the Lord is my banner. 
And for us, praise is what what declares that in our lives because we we can wake up in the mornings and say, well, I got to do this, this, and this, and woe's me. Or we can look at situations and have such a negative spin on it, or we can choose to praise the Lord. We can choose to press in and say, yes, there's a mountain here, or, or there's victory here, or whatever. I'm going to choose to praise him. It's Psalm 20. Do we have Psalm 20? Did I give you Psalm 20? Verse 5. Says this, let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our of our God. May Yahweh fulfill all your requests. Now I know the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories from his right hand. Take some pride in chariots and others, or some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of Yahweh our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand firm. Lord, give us or give victory to the king. May he answer us on the day that we call. The praise and victory go hand in hand as we see in this psalm. And the Lord wants us coming, praising him as we surrender, praising our hearts and our minds, all of ourselves, to get ourselves, you know, sometimes you've, you've heard that, you've got you to praise yourself to a place of just faith. You've got to praise yourself to a place of just overcoming getting into the word and praising. Sometimes I, I feel discouraged and I say, man, I don't really want to read my word today. The Lord hasn't answered the way I've wanted him to. I haven't seen him move. People aren't doing what I need them to do. This, this, and this. And I force myself at times to open up the word and begin to read the word. To read the word that clouds and thick darkness surround him but yet he loves us and he's moving in the darkness and, and thick clouds. That, that his name's lifted high, that, that, that he reigns over the earth, that the God is for us and not against us and begin to praise him. And I want to encourage us that victory comes when we begin to praise him. You look at, you look at things, you look at the wind and the waves as Peter did, and we begin to praise. Or we begin to look and say, man, that's a big wave or that's a lot of wind. And we get our focus off of him. The third thing that I want us to, to, to embrace this year is proclaiming and speaking the promises of God. Proclaiming and speaking to those things that have been declared dead by ourselves or by others, but not by God. Ezekiel 37 talks about the valley of the dry bones. And I want to come back in a couple of weeks and go more into this. But there was, um, I don't even remember when it was, Ben, there was... Uh, Six, eight weeks ago or something, you just kind of went off on a little tag. I think at the end of worship, maybe I got up and prayed and said something, and then Ben began to pray, and, and, and I didn't know the song at first, and, we, and obviously the words didn't come up, but he began to sing about dry bones, come alive, dry bones. And, and now, now there's a song on the radio I heard this week as well that's kind of the same, alive. I um, can't remember who does it, Lauren Dangle. That's um, really the same thing. And I think you were, I asked you this week, you said you were kind of tagging that a little bit somehow. Yeah, using the words. But, but something hit me that morning. And the Lord, I felt like, began to speak to me is, is there's dry bones in this place. There's dry bones among us. And yet, we're not speaking life to those dry bones. And I want to encourage us to speak life to those dry bones. Ezekiel 37 says, The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by his spirit and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. 
And there were great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were dry. They were very dry. Not dry, they were very dry. That means the marrow within the bone was, was dead, was, was dry, was, was sucked out. It was not there at all. There's no life in these bones. Then he said to me, son of man, can you see these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy concerning these dry bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says the Lord God says to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I'm Yahweh. Prophesy, he says in verse four, concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. And I want to encourage us to begin to proclaim and begin to speak the word of the Lord over our lives. Sometimes we've let the world or social media or, or other things, other people speak certain things over our life. You can't. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. That's a pipe dream. But the Lord says, no, it is my calling. It is my purpose. It is my thing over your life. And I want us to begin to hold to the promise of God and begin to speak them over our lives. The Word of God promises certain things concerning health. We need to speak those things. The Word of God promises certain things over emotional well-being. We need to speak those things. Promises certain things over finances. We need to speak those things. Promises certain things over calling, vocational calling, over intellect and, and being formed in our intellect. We need to proclaim those things. It's spiritual formation in a lot of way, but we have to be active participants in it and begin to speak life, speak and proclaim these things over our life, to speak to those dry bones. How many of us have a dead dream or a dream that we've kind of pushed to the side or a purpose that we, we say, well, and when I was younger or if I had the resources, I would step into that. I believe God is saying, no, pull those dry bones out and let me speak life into those things to begin to proclaim the word over those things. But it starts with surrender. It starts with praise and it starts with speaking. And I want us this year to have this before us throughout every day, every moment, that we're surrendering, that we're consciously waking up in the morning saying, I surrender to you, Lord. Throughout the day saying, I'm surrendering to you, Lord, and I'm choosing to praise you in the good, and I'm choosing to praise you in the, in the not so good. And Lord, I'm going to begin to speak your word over my life. These prayers that we find that Paul writes, or the, or the words of Moses, the words of David, I'm going to speak these things over the dry bones of my life, over finances or relationships or my emotions or over my calling or whatever it may be, over someone's salvation. And I believe that life's going to come forth. You know, I heard a, I heard a sermon one time about the, the sound, and maybe Ezekiel even talks about this as well, the sound of the dry bones coming together the rattle that took place in the valley, that that in itself was a praise unto the Lord, but it was also a declaration to the, to the people surrounding, the communities around, the enemies of Israel, basically, that God was doing something. And I believe as we continue to do these things, surrender, praise, and proclaim, that it's going to be something that the enemy hears, and there will be something that comes at us. But as long as we continue to praise and surrender and, and, and proclaim, the enemy cannot touch us. But there's also going to be a witness and a testimony to those around us. 
as they see God move in our lives that's going to bring praise to his name. It's simple in a lot of ways. Surrender, praise, speak it. But we know as we've walked through 2016, as there's been these moments of I can do anything, I can walk on the water, and the reality sets in, that if we give into that, then we'll just be neutralized. Don't give in to those things. Continue to hold to the Lord, to say, Lord, here I am. Here's my heart. Take it, make it, mold it. Lord, here I am. Here's my praise to you. I honor you. And Lord, I speak those promises over myself and over my church and over my family and over my enemies and over whoever it may be so that you may receive the glory. What do you guys think? Time to surrender. Time to praise. Time to proclaim. Let's do it this year. Let's encourage each other to do it this year. Let's see what God does. Amen? I want to ask Cynthia and, and Vicki and Mike, if you'll come forward, we want to pray. And I've just asked them to come and pray what's on their heart for the church, for what God's going to do, what God will do. So just join us in prayer. Good morning um, and Happy New Year. Well, I was praying the other night um, just about what to pray today, and these, these things came to mind. So um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in faith. Let's go to the Lord with some anticipation because we serve a God who hears. We serve the God who hears and answers prayer. So let's go before the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this first day of 2017. And Lord, we thank you for the last day of 2017. And we thank you that you are the God who reigns over this day and the last day and every day this year and through all eternity. You are the God who reigns. And Lord, and we bless your holy name and we welcome you, Lord. And we thank you that you have welcomed us into the household of faith. Father, I come, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, with my sisters and brothers, Lord, and we ask you, Father, that you would increase our love, Lord. You tell us in your word, Lord, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our souls, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And Father, I pray that you would help us individually and collectively, Lord, to check ourselves, to allow ourselves to, to, uh, to surrender to loving you, Lord, uh, in our hearts, Lord, with our spirits, with our emotions, Lord. Help us to bring our emotions to the foot of the cross, our soul, our cravings, our desires, Lord, our wants, Lord, our flesh and how it feels at any given moment. And our strength, Lord, may we commit our whole selves to loving you, Lord, and loving the people you've placed us around. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are our God. Lord, we ask you to give us strength, Lord, to delight in you, Lord, to trust in you, and to be wholly devoted to you, Lord. Whom else can we turn to, Lord? There is no one else besides you, Lord, that we can turn to, and there's no one who loves us like you. No one loves us like you, Lord. No one can do what you have done. No one can do what you will do, Lord. Help us to set ourselves, Lord, to be wholly devoted to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
Lord God, we ask you, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to obey your word. Help us to remain in your word. Help us, Lord, to let your word remain in us, Lord. May your word be honored in this house, Lord, in each of our homes individually, in each of our lives. May your word be honored. May your word be magnified, Lord. May your word be proclaimed, Lord. May we live your word every day, Lord, and every night. And may we set ourselves to meditate on your word, Lord, because your word, Lord, is the foundation of our lives. Dear Lord, we ask you, Lord, to help us to be true worshipers. Help us to be the worshipers, Lord, that you are looking for, Lord, that you mentioned in your word, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord, for what Pastor Stephen has shared with us this morning, Lord. Help us to embrace it, Lord. Teach us how to worship you, Lord. Lord, whether whether we feel like it, whether we don't, whether our circumstances um, are... are um, conducive, Lord, in our eyes to worship, Lord. Help us to worship you, Lord, by the help of your Holy Spirit, Lord. In good times, in bad times, whether we feel like it, whether we not, help us to command our souls to give you what is due, your holy and righteous name, Lord. Help us to worship you as true worshipers. And Father, Lord, we ask you to increase our faith, Lord. Lord, thank you for what you've given us, Lord. In your word, you tell us that you've given every person, Lord, a measure of faith. And you encourage us, Lord, that even if we have faith as big as a mustard seed, Lord, we can speak to mountains, Father. Lord, help us not to be those people whom you look at and say, oh, ye of little faith. Lord, help us in our unbelief, Lord. We confess, Lord. We need you. We, we, Lord, we, we, um, we stumble in our faith sometimes, Lord. Lord, we want to let go sometimes. Sometimes we look around and we, fi- and we find that we have let go. Have mercy upon us, Father, and forgive us and help us to hold fast to our profession, Lord. Help us to hear your word and do your word, Lord, because you tell us, Lord, that that's where faith comes from. Lord, so help us to not cast away our confidence in you, Lord, when things don't look like we want them to look, when things don't happen like we want them to happen, when things don't shake out or fall out or line up the way we want them to, Lord. Help us, Lord, to put our faith in you and keep our faith in you, our everlasting Father. And Father, teach us to be thankful people, Lord. Lord, as we pray, Help us to pray with thanksgiving, Lord. Lord, when we rise up in the morning, help us to to give you thanks, Lord. As we go about our business throughout the day, Lord, help us to be mindful to give you thanks, Lord. When we come in in the evening and lay down at night, let our last thoughts be, Lord, a thankfulness to you, O God. Lord, because you are a good God. You're a good, good Father, Lord. You're a good, good Father. And we bless your name and we give you thanks, Lord, and help us to pray unceasingly, Lord, for each other, Lord. And we look forward, Lord, to seeing, Lord, how you help us to walk in your ways and to seeing, Lord, how you answer our prayers. And, Lord, and even when we don't see, help us to be faithful and thankful and loving and prayerful people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, as we continue to pray, we thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you mean to us. You are a faithful God. 
We praise you with all of our being, O God, for what you have given us in 2016. It's by your grace that we came through these doors today. Father, we recall every hardship and we give you praise. You kept us, O God. You were faithful. Your faithfulness, Father, is from everlasting to everlasting. Your mercies are new every morning. So, Father, with that same spirit that you carried us in 2016, we believe that you will carry us in 2017. Nothing takes you by surprise, oh God. You are there in the beginning. You see the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. You are faithful, oh God. Thank you that you rejoice over us with singing. Thank you, Lord, that you know us by name. Thank you that you can count the hairs on our head. And Father, you know all our being. Thank you, oh God, that you saw us in the womb, oh God. Thank you, Father, that you know when we take our last breath. You are there in the details, oh God. Thank you, Father, for who you are and what you mean to us. Your word to us in Isaiah 43. By now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I, the living God, will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. You shall... Uh, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Lord, I pray that we would remember that every month going through every trial that we see, knowing that you are with us, O oh God, that your faithfulness has always carried us, and that is the word of our testimony. Father, we avail ourselves to you this year. We align ourselves with your word. We thank you, God, that you go before us, that you see every trial, every step. And as Pastor said, as we step from one step to the next step, as we lift our feet carefully, oh God, establish our ways, establish our hearts, oh God, that we are set apart because you are our God. Father, we believe you for health. We believe you for wealth. We believe you for well-being. Oh God, see our hearts. Look on us. Look through us. As a church, I pray, I pray, oh God, that your spirit would be upon us. That, Lord, that you would open these doors and you would draw all men to you, oh God. You said if your word would be lifted up, you would draw all men to you. We thank you for our community that surrounds us, oh God, that we would hear their cries. And, Father, that we would be an extension of your hands. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Whether it is through trials or tribulations or sufferings or perils, you are God. God. And thank you, Lord, that you take us with you with every step. Oh, God, you are the good shepherd. You leave. You do not drive the sheep. You lead us into paths of peace. In Jesus' name. I'm going to be reading from John 15, starting in verse 18 and going through parts of 16. Um, Lord, you were speaking to your disciples, and you said, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. 
Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all of this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Lord, we thank you that you didn't just leave us, but you left and went to be with your Father on the throne of heaven, ruling and reigning for all eternity. And not only do you rule and reign, you sent your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, the Advocate, our Counselor, to be with us on the earth. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into Piedmont International Church. We welcome you into each and every individual's lives. The baptism and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is welcome in this house. We welcome you to speak to us all truth, to lead us into all truth, to speak to us concerning all things, that you give us all wisdom for life and godliness. Lord, we repent for not listening to your voice. 
Lord, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, the advocate who you sent to speak to us, to teach us, to train us, to lead us into all truth, to give us wisdom for things that we don't understand. Help us to receive the wisdom and the indwelling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruition of all that comes with that, so that we will have fruit, more fruit, and fruit that remains. Lord, we welcome you to speak to us in all manner of gifts in this house. We welcome you to lead us in all truth in this house. Lord, we repent for not listening to your word, for not listening to your voice, for not seeking godly counsel, but trying to find it in the world. We repent, Lord God, because we, we're, we're surrounded by the world. Lord, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Help us to know exactly what that looks like and help us to submit this year to the leading of your Holy Spirit as we allow you to teach us what it means to be in the world and not of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. What we want to do is um, we're going to prepare for communion. And as we bring the table over, 